everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today on our panel with our esteemed guests. I want to kick things off with you, Owen, from Slamcore. Now, you're working on providing a standardized solution for robots, and AR and VR is going to be at its core. So let me just start with, is it going to happen? Are we going to see robots with 2020 vision in the near future? Simple answer, yes. Uh, firmly believe that's going to be the case. Uh, when I founded Slamcore six years ago, we had one fundamental mission, and that was to help companies to build machines with spatial intelligence that have vision at the core. And fast forward to today, we're now 50 strong, 30 million raised. Um, we have signed deals with the biggest companies on the planet. Um, and in the next couple of years, there'll be millions of machines with our code running on, on them in the wild. And the one thing I'm certain of is we're now entering a new age. This is the age of the spatially intelligent machine. It's going to make the internet age look like just a bit of fun. And these machines are going to compete on their ability to understand space. Um, and vision will be a crucial part of that ability to do that. And, and uh, it's going to touch every element of industry. Every individual in this room will have be impacted by this technology. And I think it will be a positive and profound uh, technology uh, that will make our lives better. And I'm really proud that my company gets to play a part in that vision. Pardon the pun. All right, exciting times. So Maya, I want to come to you from humanizing autonomy. So your focus is on computer vision that interprets human behavior for a variety of applications from home to mobility. So what does 2020 vision, what does it actually mean? So, well, for me, this means two different things. And one of this vision, you see, you see what's happening in the space, and the other part is you actually understand what is going on. You're actually interpreting anything that is happening. So with humanizing autonomy, we focus on understanding, predicting, and interpreting human behavior from any video camera stream to help machines, robots, essentially any device make better decisions, take actions. It's a lot about human experience, user experience, also about safety in many cases. And, and kind of success rates can be taken from mobility and a variety of production um, um, devices, so from consumer to fleet to logistics, but also entertainment, home, mixed reality. So essentially, when we look at 2020 vision, when we look at human-machine interactions, wherever people are, there is a very, very high likelihood that there's some computer system, some software, trying to create an experience for us. And we want to make sure that this experience makes sense is the right thing for you as a user. So when looking at 2020 Vision, for me, it's about are those machines, those robots, actually understanding and interpreting correctly what we as people are doing, wanting to do our intentions to create experiences that are enhancing us, enabling us, rather than disturbing us. OK, now, Ariane, you're a very exciting company, Grey Matter Robotics. Now, you're building smart robotic assistants it's helping humans do the tasks that we don't want to do because they're a bit too tedious. So um, at what stage are we at now? How clearly can robots see? Yeah, no, um, at Grim Robotics, our complete focus is on you know, creating smart assistants, robotic assistants, so that we humans don't really need to do the tasks that we don't want to do. So if you really look at all the different things that we humans do by our hands, there are two broad classes of operation. One, you move things around, pick and place operation, the other one is all process application, which are really high skill. Think about you know, cleaning or sanding or polishing or painting. 
all these different tasks, only in like 2% of manufacturing, automotive and electronics, robots have been effectively used. But remaining 98% are all dependent on human labor just because there's so much variations and variabilities. Now for us, robots need to have 20-20 vision to be able to understand the world, understand all the variations and variabilities, let it be a guitar manufacturing or a fighter jet manufacturing, and enable the robots to make decisions on the fly, do the job, and also guarantee quality consistency. So it, it's the vision and the whole perception stack that needs to play a role in every single stage and create a holistic solution that can create this autonomy that enables the humans to focus on higher level tasks where their robots can focus on the tedious and ergonomically challenging tasks. Okay, super. So I want to start with what stage are we at now? How clearly can robots see? And why do they need to have 2020 vision? Maybe, uh, maybe I'll jump in there to give us a bit of a framework to help answer that question, because 2020 vision, uh, it's not about whether a robot can focus at long distance. Um, we see, I, I broke this down to, into four core building blocks of spatial intelligence, which is all about, the first one is the ability for a machine to understand its position in space. And I don't mean that it's where it is in pecking order. I mean that in the sense of, well, my coordinates, if I take three steps forwards or roll forwards by a meter, have I actually traveled a meter? That's your first building block. The second is, what's the shape of the world? And how do I get from A to B without hitting things? That's your second order. That's the mapping element. The third is the understanding of what those objects are. So that's an, a higher level of intelligence. So is it a person? Is it a floor? Is it another robot? And therefore, you would modify your behavior accordingly. And then the fourth, which is very much what uh, Amaya and Humanizing Autonomy are doing, is understanding the intent, what's actually going on. The, the, we, know, we know what the objects are, but what they're intending to do. What's the, the entire, what, why are they in that room? What, what is the emotions going on in that room? If we get all four of those building blocks, then we have spatially intelligence. And to be honest, we're still quite a long way down. First and second building blocks still haven't really been commercialized, if we're yeah, honest. of course. Maya, I want to come to you now. Yeah. So obviously, we always have the fear of robots taking over, uh, maybe from our jobs, or you know, maybe something will go wrong. Um, so should we be scared? Should robots have 2020 vision? I, I think we need to go away from the, 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 the image that we have little robots like everywhere taking over every part <laughs> of our life. I don't think that will happen. It will be a bit, a bit weird as well. No, I mean, so I think 2020 vision is incredibly important because when I look, when I talk about a machine or a robot, this is so loosely defined for me. Your phone, of course, is a machine. Any AR headset is a machine. Your hairdryer is a machine. Your self-checkout is a machine. Anything around you, your Alexa, your doorbell, all of the things, those are robots, really, because they have some sort of vision, like, like Owen introduced, like some level of vision. Some have some sort of interpretation as well. But I think the usability and the comfort and trust for us users, consumers, people, will come from how well do those robots understand what is going on and how well are they putting it to use? Because none of us is willing to have a product, whether it's consumer, B2P product, whatever it may be, that is just alerting, over-alerting, recommending, and so on. We'll probably just shut it down, it's like, no. But if it's something that actually adds value, then I think it will be really welcomed. And then obviously there's the whole ethical component of building something that is trust and so on. And just to um, quickly go uh, back to your former question, I think it's very much, um, um, because the area industry specific, the certain advancements. I think at scale, I absolutely agree with Owen. We are at understanding space, understanding what is going on, and it's being put to use um, already in a lot of industrial scale, like mobility, manufacturing, and so on. But I think the obviously world is just getting ready about where, how do you actually, how important is it actually to interpret and to understand people? Because obviously everything is made for us, hopefully, that's what it should be. 
Ariane, I want to come to you and the industry because obviously you're creating sort of the robots in the factories, right? Um, so what is it going to change uh, for these kind of robots that are going to help us in the working life? Yeah, so uh, essentially if you look at, you know, let, let's, let's take an example. For example, let's say a boat manufacturing plant, right? In a boat manufacturing process, the, the think about, let's say, coast of Florida. You're, you know, someone who's doing this job today by hand, they're sweating 10 to 12 hours every day of their life in more than 100 degree Fahrenheit. They are working with these heavy power tools day in, day out, and between two to five years, they get carpal tunnel, shoulder and back injuries, sometimes respiratory problems and whatnot. It's, it's a really you know, challenging work environment and no one really wants to do that. And on the other hand, the baby boomers are retiring and the younger generations, they prefer a better quality of life and they choose something else. Now, on the other hand, if there's no one to do that job, the whole industry is gonna collapse. Manufacturing is the backbone of economy. So we need autonomous solutions to be able to do those tasks. Now, when it comes to doing the task, number one, as Owen and Maya mentioned, you really need to perceive the world. Once you perceive the world, you have to, the robot has to program itself. It needs to make decisions. So the 2020 vision comes in to enable the robot to make those decisions, how to do the job. Once it programs itself, does the job, during the operation, it also has to sense and figure out, is it doing the right job or wrong job? Am I making the product with the right quality? or not. So it's that whole complete feedback loop and the in, end of the day also creating that copy of digital twin or a digital trace to guarantee that, hey, if you're the proud boat owner, you know for a fact that your boat ha meets all these quality specs. So combination of all that has to be present in a, in a complete turnkey solution. However, at the same time, the system needs to work with the human operators because the human operators are the one who are giving the high level instructions encoding the preferences, high-level preferences, whether this should be a fine finish or a matte finish or a glossy mirror finish, right? So it's a team of humans, robots, and AI that come together to essentially transform the future of factories. Okay, that brings me to my next question then. Um, Owen, you're kind of building the technology, really. Mm. So what are the current challenges in giving robots the 2020 vision? I think, yeah, the, it's, there are, one of the, the challenges is, is robots and these machines are physical. They are, so therefore we have to deal with the complexities of the real world. So sensor data is not always perfect. There's no standardized robot, as there shouldn't be. There's no one standardized animal which is perfect in every single environment. But what you do notice is most animals, in fact, about a vast majority use vision as their core sensing modality. They might have a decent neural network running in the background to actually interpret that data, but the common, the common sensor is the visual sensor which runs on, on, many of these, uh, on many of these animals. So one of the critical challenges we see as an industry level is the fact that there is no standardized approach to be able to, to, be, to interpret the visual data into, into spatial intelligence. And what's happening, a lot of the companies are building their own proprietary siloed solutions. So that means they might work really well on that one specific product, but as a warehouse owner or in your home, your, your, your spatially intelligent machines can't communicate and you don't get the best experience. So that's something we're really passionate and what drives us forward in Slamcore is creating a unified spatial intelligence interface, not just for robots, but for headsets as well. Like, I'm going to use the M word, the metaverse is, is really just a digital layer that overlays on top of the, the real world. And robots need to create their own metaverse to be able to interact and, 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 and move through it. So th that's, that's uh, no surprise to say because the biggest challenge is the one that my company are trying to solve is the fact that vision is not a universally accessible technology and uh, that's what we're looking to change. 
Hamaya, what do you think the challenges are for you, also from an ethical standpoint yeah. rather than just tech? So, so I think, beautiful is that here, like, because I, I fully agree. So one of the big challenges is the transferability <coughs> across domains. So if, if we were to look at uh, well, a space like the stage here, or your living room, or your workplace, or fulfillment center, or your street, now, it's not really about, there's a lot of like vertical um, um, as, um, uh, attempts, right, to build uh, robots, machines for different uh, industries, different domains, which is also to some extent the right thing to do. But I think for AI and machine vision really work at scale, it requires a level of transferability. But you cannot do that with a deep learning end-to-end -end system, because they're really rigid, they're very data intensive, you just, it's just not really feasible. So. And if we, this will lead me to ethics as well. It's important to create something that is small, that is modular, that is adaptable, that is transferable and interpretable. And that leads to ethics. So you can understand the decision making of a system, but you can also take, for instance, if I was look at our you know, body gestures behavior, you can compute those um, and, and create an almost like probabilistic assessment of what an interpretation would be, whether we're sitting on stage or working in a fulfillment center based on modularity. And that also builds trust and, and really holds ethics front and center because it's explainable. And I think the explainability, not just in how tech is built, but also how it is communicated to the public, will be crucial. Mm -hmm. yeah. Great, so um, we spoke about the challenges there. I want to flip the question around here and I want to ask, what would happen if we didn't give robots this 2020 vision? What would we miss out? The, the whole future. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, right? I mean, think about you know all, all the different things that when Maya you know uh, talked about, and also at, at Grey Matter what we're doing. These are essentially the, the the way in the future how we humans are going to interact with the world, and we need all these machines to enable us and elevate and empower us to focus on other higher value added tasks and more of the creative aspects of of life and creating as creative aspects of jobs. So if we don't essentially create this technology or bring this technology to the world and essentially create you know, generational change, we can't really elevate ourselves as a, as a species. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I believe this, this technology, we talk about the ethics of it. The good thing, the good thing is it, it's hard and it's moving slowly, so we can make sure that we, we make decisions and put, put the right regulation to make sure this is used in the right way, and um, we're very keen to be part of that conversation. But if we, if we, don't, um, if we don't allow this technology to, to advance, then the, the biggest challenges we face as a society, uh, things like the uh, climate crisis, things like um, sustainable agriculture. If you want to ever build a home on another planet, I know I'm sounding crazy here, but we are going to need robots to, that work at scale and not just um, technically, but commercially. So this, that we have to overlay the entire commercial business model investor um, um, side to all of this. And that, that, th these are the technologies which are going to allow us to create um, solar farms the size of a desert that are maintained and built uh, by robots, not just by humans, in collaboration with them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd say we, we almost have a moral duty to actually make sure this technology is, is advanced. And it frustrates me so much that how much time is being spent reinventing the wheel by so many companies. And uh, that's, that's something I'm very passionate about. Okay, I want to, sorry, I'm going to come to you again, Maya, and ask you the same question. But the reinventing the wheel, why is that happening? It's, it's because sometimes we underestimate the challenges required to build a fully autonomous system, to be absolutely honest. The, we can build, I, my background is much more in project management, working with, from the academic community, tra transferring technology into the real world. And we can see great demos at CES or even in robotic conferences. And we, some people, people might say the problem solved. Robotics are already here. 
The reality is the ones that actually make it to scale and don't just run out of cash or never actually have an impact in the real world. There are very few, probably can count them on one hand. So there is an underestimate of the complexities required to actually go from a demo or even something that scales to 100 units to 100,000 to a to a million units, and uh, that's something that we're just starting to change. We're starting to see modularity ap uh, uh, appear across the industry, um, but it's, uh, I think that's, that's one thing we need to accept as an industry, is we shouldn't all be trying to do the same thing. Let's build on top of each other's components, and, and just like the automotive industry has different supply chains and tier one, tier two, that's the direction of travel we need to go. So Maya, coming back to you, so how important is it going to be? What happens if we don't give Robots 2020 vision? And which industries are going to be most advanced in the sector, do you think? I mean, I can only agree with my co-panelists here. And I have to say, I'm a big, big fan of breaking things down into smaller chunks. Um, and I th also think that's the future. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to say earlier as well, like, let's really not think of robots as, as robots how we've been taught as children and, and, and so on. Really not, because it is something that is really ingrained into our everyday life. And then also, because when you mentioned, you know, companies trying to build whole full stacks and competing against each other and then they fail because it's actually really hard but actually much more modular and component-based approach. One could argue that by taking a component-based approach, there's a level of maybe not 2020, but close to 2020 vision already in certain applications. Again, take cars. You have assistive systems that are really, really good in assisting the person. They don't automate, but they have pretty good vision. I mean, they have some behavior eye in there as well. That's, that's those things that I find really amazing. So I do think it's, it's um, it's impossible not to have it or not to go for it. Uh, and in terms of industries, I mean, I think the industrial sphere, the manufacturing, everything where you can really increase efficiency in the operations and then just make increased productivity are huge. I do also think that broken down the mobility industry is big, not autonomous, but actually different levels of autonomy implemented into driver systems. And then I think entertainment and metaverse is, is huge because that's really where so much progress is happening. Anything from augmented reality to gaming, you can really see the progress every day. And it's super exciting. Okay, that is an exciting time. Um, so I want, want to ask you just a quick fire question. How soon, Owen, you answered this at the beginning, you said several years you think it will happen. Can you be a little bit more precise? When can we expect it to happen? Um, I think so. How long this is this going to take? I think that's a good question because, as, as you're saying, there are elements where 2020 vision is already being deployed in the wild. It's just whether or not we're talking about level one, two, three, four all along the, along the way. We have great neural networks which can detect humans running on cars right now. Um, so I would say for full spatial intelligence, all four of those blocks, we probably are, I could probably count the years in one hand, but each finger represents a decade. And uh, we're, we're talking about that time scale. But over the next 10 years, the next five years, we are going to see an explosion of technology and products which use elements of spatial understanding, maybe not full spatial understanding, just being able to get from A to B safely without crashing unlocks a huge amount of potential in this entire industry. So, so probably five years on the short term, 50 years on the long. All right, how, how long would you give up, Maya? Um, I think, I'm all for an incremental approach, so I would say for, for, for different applications, um, it's a one to three year, actually here to three year, to get a full spatial data, yeah, I agree. But that, that's why I think maybe we shouldn't think of just we will only be successful if we have a fully transferable automated spatial intelligence system because that's really, really difficult. But if we're actually able to take bits and pieces and enhance the human experience with that, I think that's happening now and that's really what excites me. What is your prediction, Aaron? Yeah, no, I, th I think I agree with um, 
Maya um, on, on the fact that we're going we're gonna to see more and more application-specific solutions much, much sooner, and then gradually it will transition into something generalizable. But application solutions are fine for now because there are so many applications that we really need help and can use immediate help. All right. Well, it looks like sadly we are out of time, but it looks like someday soon we will have robots of 2020 vision, hopefully. Thanks so much to the esteemed panelists today. Thank you, Web Summit. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you so much.